Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the Hump Day edition of Lori and Julia here on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. We're streaming live at mytalk1071.com. You can find us on the MyTalk app. And yes, Project Down and <laughs> Project Down and Dirty, the 10th anniversary edition was announced this morning. It was. 7 a.m. I happened to be in the car, Holly, because I do my ki- 6 a.m. kickboxing. Oh, so you're just on the way home. So I left. I didn't stretch out with Carl and the gang because I was like, I want to be in the car and I want to hear this announcement, you know, live. And so... When they, you know, be Arthur, who I guess Jason calls her the Dark Lord now, which is hysterical. It's so funny. Like he's, if she won't the answer name. his phone, she forgot to pay her phone bill again. Right. I'm sure she doesn't have heat. I mean, they, they're, he's funny. So they're, they talk, she says, oh, you're going to do, we're going to stage, you know, do a radio drama, recreate War of the Worlds, but a comedy. Which is an Orson Welles radio broadcast from a long time ago. Yeah. And. It was dead silence, like yeah, crickets. I, well, because I crickets. What okay. does it mean? Yeah, exactly. They were like, uh, and then Dom was like, "Oh, cool!" And then you know, Alexis, yeah, you know, <laughs> and I, and then Jason's like, "I'm gonna need to hear more about this." Right. And then they they said, "Well, who's gonna be confused by this?" Well. They said that you and I would be, but by the cricket sounds from the morning show, they were equally as confused. And then, of course, they explained it and said, okay, it's going to be, we're going to stage, recreate War of the Worlds, which was a 1938 famous broadcast by Orson Welles that freaked out people in the United States because in 1938, people were just listening to the radio right, for entertainment. Yeah, And people thought it was real because... The war was happening in Europe. We were in it. And so it's going to be a comedy. And Jeffrey Hatcher is writing it. And he's a big darn deal. I mean, he's he wrote The Good Liar with Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. And he did the book for Glenn Sheen. I mean, he's very, a lot of talent. Peter Rothstein, our guy from, you know, Theater La Di Da. And he directed all of us to put on our musical, which... Was probably the biggest feat we've ever done. That two that, night. Thing. That was um, pretty cool. And Carl um, Demer, Demer, who worked oh, with yeah. us, the video um, producer who helped us with Rockstar Down and Dirty. Julia, he wins Catherine Horowitz for sound effects. She's a big darn deal at yeah. the Guthrie and at Theater. And then Jason Hansen is doing the music, who we've worked with forever, yeah. who's fantastic. So I, it's actually, you know, I mean, the saddest part for me is that we're not going to be living together I know. somewhere. That's always the most fun and the most potential for 
Story, story. We want to put it like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that really is a bummer because it was. But it's kind of a perfect. Uh, it's, COVID it's smart. Thing. It's smart. I. At first, when they hadn't said it was going to be a comedy, I just thought we don't need to do War of the Worlds. We're already in War of the Worlds right, right now. It felt like, and then they're like, "Oh no, it's going to be a comedy," and and I thought, "Oh, Donnie Love would be. Oh, he'd love this." He would arm wrestle um, for the chance to be the narrator. Yeah, he would. And he would have a very good right. voice for that. But yeah, I, I'm like, fine. You know, it sounds like fun. And, and we've got all good charities that really need the help right. and everything. But I don't know if it's going to be a team thing, if Holly's going to be split down the middle and doing both. I don't. I don't, we're just I don't, all going to be. A, it's that not feels really... more individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Lori's already put in her role to be the ingenue or whatever no, you call I just it. Said I can do accents. Oh, you can she do can. like two she, accents. No, she can. No, she can I do can. one. I can I, do wait, more just than do one. Do them right now. Well, Italian. No, no Julia. She can. She literally can. I can do accents. She can do accents. Mm-hmm. All right. So, unfortunately, sometimes too long. You stay in accents. Oh right. I know um, Natasha dust me off. No, well, yeah, I can do my Russian. I can do an Italian. In, I can do Southern. She can I do can, Southern. You can, I can do an English, a bad. I can do a, like a Moira Rose. Anyway, I can be the utility player for small, small parts. Well, right. And I'm going to probably just do sound effects because no, this is a reading lady. job. Yeah, we have well, a I know, lady. But yeah. as someone tweeted um, Jason, and he was nice enough not to say who. Right. But one of our colleagues said, um, how's Julia going to do with this reading out loud thing? Well, you Everyone don't. knows it's not my strong suit. No, it isn't. But we'll have scripts, and then you memorize your lines. Oh, please. Did you see how, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Optimism, Julia. Oh, Optimism. No, I'm actually <laughs> thinking this is super fun. It's a great idea. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I'm going to be horrible at it, but I don't care. I don't know about that. Well, but, I mean, it is going to be long days because we're going to have to, like, be here for three hours after 6 o'clock. And, and do stuff. For, in studios with mics. Like right. what we did for the three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to be complaining about it. Of course Trust we are. Me, Just, at least to well, each at least other. we're getting that off. Yes. Yeah. And I will say that as a... I did really, and people, no one ever knew what I was talking about, so I quit talking about it a long, long time ago. But when my family moved to Japan, all there was to listen to as far as entertainment, all of course, it's Japanese TV. So we loved the cartoons and the sumo wrestling, but we listened. We lived, we listened to Armed Forces Radio all the time, and all they played at night were all these shows from the 30s and 40s. So when I would babysit, I listened to like Fibber McGee and Molly and The Whistler and The Shadow. And no one my age would be listening to that unless you were a military kid and you lived overseas sure. because they they didn't have they had to go into the radio vaults to find entertainment for you folks. Yes. And you were there. This is four, what? Four and a half years we lived so there. Fifth, so fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yes. Those were impressionable years. They were my babysitting years, yeah. Julia. And my mom forbid me for a while, just like she did with Dark Shadows in third and fourth grade. I had to stop listening to The Whistler and The Shadow because it was scaring me. And I was constantly hearing people scratching at windows and imagining there was a bad man upstairs. Right. And oh. that is not good for babysitting when no. you're calling your mom every five minutes. Who's There's a bad man who knows what evil lurks Looks. in the heart of men. Yeah. So I don't really know that, you know, a lot of 
people, although I did see a couple people say, tweet at us that they listen to the War of the Worlds every October 30th. Oh, and really? a lot of people have a fond memory of listening to serialized radio shows because it did go on longer than... Absolutely. I mean, TV came along and they still were making them not as many, but... Well, anyway. I think of Prairie Home Companion. Yes, of course. Every Friday night, you know, on Saturday yeah. night, people yeah. would listen to that. I, I, I think that this is going to be it'll it'll be fun. Yeah, but I, I'm going to miss the shenanigans and all the downtime and all of the trouble. Yes, I was trouble last year, I believe. Yes, you were. I Donna believe. was. Um, yeah. Who else was there? A couple other people. I, feel like I dipped my toe I excelled. in and out. Yeah, you I, excelled. In I trouble. excelled last year. That mm-hmm. was my year to peak. Um, I believe I got a warning about it even. So oh, that yeah. was such a peakery, pickery, peakery yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it, Holly? It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think they, so. I think this is really going to be fun. A little nervous because we are working with people. Who are legit. We're oh, working so with legitimate Peter's yeah. used to Peter us. Peter knows us. And so does Carl. <laughs> and so does Jason. That's true. And so um, just... Catherine is new to the team. Catherine Horowitz, she's going to have to get used to it. And is, Jeffrey Asher. It's all about the sound effects, too, in the radio shows. It's amazing how many sounds are used to tell the story, to flesh it out. Right. And that's why I've always wanted to use our sound bar and have never learned once in 18 years. You've yeah, asked. I have asked. You have asked. I've got like four computers in front of me not knowing how to use any of them right now. Yep. All right. You so, don't need any more distractions. No, I, <laughs> I'm well, well, yeah. well aware, Lori. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. I know. We love that song. Sad, not kind of sad news today uh, for football uh, fans. Gail Sayers, um who played for the Chicago Bears. He died today at the age of 77. The COVID didn't get him. He had dementia for quite some time. Football player, who knows? But of course, uh, Gail Sayers, I mean, he is, if you know the football movie, Brian's song. About Brian Piccolo. Gail Sayers is played by Billy D. Williams in the movie. James Caan plays Brian Piccolo. It's a very famous movie from the 70s that we were... It's uh, available on streaming, Julia. You would be surprised at how many guys know this movie of all ages because it's considered one of the best But do you remember watching it when it first came out and just bawling? Well, I lived overseas. It was 1971. It was an ABC um, made-for-TV movie, and it, it still to this day, because, of course, back then there were only three... Networks. Places to watch, but it it is the most watched TV uh, made for TV movie in TV history. It is Brian's oh. song, and it is considered one of the greatest sports movies. And even now, if you watch it, you will cry. Oh, it's a tearjerker! And I think it's on Netflix. All right, I'll somebody find out. has it. I'll but, find out. Um, a guy, uh, Mike Vaccaro, who's a longtime sports writer for the um, New York Post. He was at the dinner. If you've seen the movie, there's a famous scene where Gail Sayers gets up because his knee blew out or something, and he gets awarded some uh, big um, thing at this annual gridiron dinner. Frank Gifford was the MC. I love Lori getting going deep, deep dive into her sports into knowledge. My sports. But he, he just told the story of being in the audience that night and hearing Gail Sayers say basically... I shouldn't get this award. My friend, Brian Piccolo, has been fighting cancer and trying to get back to football, and this award is for him. Right. And 22 days later, he died. Brian Piccolo you, died. You can't, right now, Laura, you can rent it 
for two ninety nine on Amazon. Oh, it's on Amazon. Yeah, it's okay. on Amazon. It, it would be worth it, and you know, it's that was just, a really. It's an amazing movie, mm-hmm. and the message still holds, and that holds up. And of course, you know. Your boyfriend, he was in well, studio Billy with D. you, Billy D. Williams. He was in studio with me, and yeah. he, we took a picture, oh. and he Did signed a picture of himself. Did you ever see this movie, Holly? I have not seen oh, this movie. If you like sports movies or football, I mean, this is considered one of the greatest sports movies ever made. Yeah. For sure. And and just, wow. Wow. Just, and I still feel like I know the music from it, but I might be con- getting it confused with Love Stories music because I feel like they came out at the same time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he did. <laughs> the Ryan O'Neill right. movie with Allie, Allie McGraw. McGraw. Yeah, okay, so... Where do I begin yeah, to I tell a story? That is Love Story. That is Love Story. That is Love Story. Lori, there's news that I thought about you today. What? Your gal. Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was on Watch What Happens Live. She'd never been in the clubhouse, guys. Really? Uh, and well, her first time is Zooming. But yeah, I believe that. Yeah, she doesn't do a lot of interviews and well, stuff. Well, she hasn't done a lot of things to be Julia, put your mouth back in your tongue and bite on it. <laughs> How do you do that? So she's in Ratchet. So Andy had Sarah Paulson, Cynthia Nixon, and Sharon Stone. It was almost too much. Well, all three of them are in Ratchet. But three of them on Zoom. Too it was much. too much. We didn't get enough Sharon. All right. We had a lot of Cynthia Nixon, Sex in the City, running for governor. And then Sarah Paulson is a true Real Housewives fan, so she had to weigh in on all this stuff. Okay. It left very little time for La Stone. Okay, did you like La Stone's hair? Did she have a good haircut? Uh, yeah, hair thing it was last just kind of short and off to the side. Uh-huh. I was more in love with her, like, when you posted that thing last week of her Harper's Bazaar, yeah, yeah, it kind of looked like she was in one of those rooms I recognized from the Harper's Bazaar. This very kind of lovely, um, almost looked like a a reading room or something. You know, it just it <laughs> oh, looked. Got you. Absolutely. It just looked lush. We love her. Anyway, she she had on a great shirt. She did, and mm-hmm. she talked about you know I guess she plays this woman who owns a little monkey. And this monkey, Pablo, is a famous Hollywood monkey who makes his owner's money. He's been in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean with Johnny Depp. Oh, I know the monkey then. Yes. And she got quite, I guess this monkey is like a very cool monkey and doesn't, is nice. Was she she, attached to the monkey? She became attached to Pablo because that's who she did some filming with. She sounds like she plays an eccentric woman. Mm -hmm. But here's one clip we have of Sharon Stone where Andy asked her who was the best Holly on-screen kiss. Okay. Sharon, Trisha P. <laughs> said, out of all of the leading men you have worked with, who was the best and worst kiss? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Sir. Oh? <clears throat> Are you gonna answer? Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. pressure. <laughs> I want to know the answer. Well, so <laughs> Well, Robert De Niro was for sure the best kisser. From Casino, um, right? Yeah. Mm. Bob was far and away the best kisser. Um, God, do I love you in kisser. that casino. Oh, the worst kisser. Uh, thank you. It was the actor that I admired the most and had my whole career was like, I just want to be able to sit across the table from Robert De Niro and hold my own and maybe because I just held him in such extraordinary high regard and it was the pinnacle of the kissing moment for me. There was so much attached to it, but I was just so madly in love with him that I, as an actress to start with, that, um, you know, he probably could have hit me in the head with a hammer and I would have been like, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but uh, it was pretty fabulous. So I don't know that I could compare anything else to that. Everything else was kind of like, meh. <laughs> Do you know how good her book is going to be? I with know. Just going into that I kind know. of good detail for that. Well, I wonder, I wish he would have said, who is the worst? Was it Michael Douglas? I mean, who? she's got to save something for her yeah, book. Yeah, that's right, you know? right. Oh, I love how you think, of course. Yeah. Her publicist, don't give it all away. That's right, Julia. And, uh, don't and give it all away. She's so beautiful in Casino. She really the makeup, the hair, the, hair, the, the era, that 60s. Fabulous. Do you agree? Oh, the bouffant hair yeah, and the and go-go the, boots. Yeah, and the, and the pale pink lipstick, which I loved. I loved Remember when we did the poker tournament at Mystic Lake and I dressed yes, like did. Sharon Stone from Casino right down to the fall, Holly. Yeah. The bump it, the fall. Oh, yeah. I, had I love the, it. Oh, it was so much fun to channel because I just needed to have a character because I was... We were quite nervous about that. We were very nervous about that. But I did my homework and you didn't. Mm-hmm. I watched the poker channel and played poker with Casey. It was when Texas Hold'em was all the range. Oh yeah, I got down to she the did. last 20 she people. Did. Nice. I was out, there were like, I was there were like 150 away. people. Good job. I know. Julia got knocked out right away. Right away. I'm like, Laurie, hurry up. Let's go. <laughs> I'd have been with you, Julia. I know. I'm like, let's go. Oh, my gosh. And a big scandal happened on my Love Island last night, but I barely noticed it because they're rotating the hot people in so fast. It's hard to keep track. It is. Yeah. But we're going to talk to our author right now. As soon as we're done with the traffic, that is. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We have got another great selection to our Low J Book Club. We have a returning author, Fiona Davis, is with us. And we talked to her, I think, like last year for her uh, historical novel, Chelsea Girls. And now you've gone and done it again. Maybe this is your best book ever. Oh. Fiona, The Lions of Fifth Avenue. Hi. 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 Thanks so much for having me on again. This is great. Yes. Oh, my we God. Loved we loved this book. book. What is it? Well, first of all, Fiona, give people the setup of uh, The Lions of Fifth Avenue. Sure. So all my books are set in landmark New York City buildings, and this one is set at the New York Public Library. And there's two timelines. And in 1913, it's from the point of view of a woman named Laura, who is the wife of the library superintendent. And she lives in an apartment deep inside the library with her husband and her kids. 
And she's surrounded by all this knowledge, but she wants something more out of life. And so she applies to Columbia Journalism School and gets in, and her world is really cracked wide open. And then in 1993, it's from the point of view of a woman who's a curator of rare books at the library. She's putting on a big exhibit. One of her rare books goes missing, and she's drawn into a series of book thefts that happened 80 years ago, as well as a tragedy that happened to the superintendent's family back then. And I, I like to say it's about the magic of the written word and the power of women's voices. Oh, well, it's so good. It really is. Oh, I just and, loved it. And I, did you get the idea for the book? Because the book explores so many interesting um, things that we'll get to in a minute. But was the kernel for the idea for the book finding out there really was a superintendent and his family that did live in in the middle of the New York Public Library? Was mm-hmm. that how you got the idea? Exactly right. I, I started doing research on the building thinking, all right, let's see, it's a library, you know, what, what will surprise me? And I learned that the super and his family lived in this seven-room apartment. Um, he had three kids, the actual super, and he lived with his wife and three kids. His daughter was born in the library. Oh, my gosh. And they were there for 30 years. Apparently, the kids would play baseball using books as bases in the reading room at the end of the day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so you just discovered that because, like you said, you pick a building and then you, you know, make the Do story. Because I just loved that element in the storytelling, thinking of everybody living there. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was the, that was really the key to write the story and to to launch myself in. And then I thought, well, what if it's from his wife's point of view? And what if she goes to Columbia Journalism School and just um, started on a on a whole plot? It was so much fun to work on. And it's also, you know, I think uh, too, you're really a very wonderful storyteller. And I think Julie and I were talking about it. we appreciated this, but the voice of Like, it really takes you to being a woman in 1913 and having your life really rigidly set out in front of you as far as (laughs) getting married, having children, being subservient, not having opinions. I mean, it's so radically different than how, and I think of women live now. Yeah. And I think of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, lying in repose today and, and, you know, all these, but all these women that started fighting for that, right. You brilliantly bring it to like, you feel the hunger of Laura who wants to be more than just a mother and a wife. Right. You can feel and, it. And the writing assignments that the professor at Columbia gave her um, were just like, this is just were what those the true girls- stories, some of those things. Well, yeah, you know, I found a wonderful history book on Columbia Journalism School, and I went there when it was very different and wonderful. It was an amazing experience. But, you know, the history of it back then, the, the society was very sexist. And so, the female students, and, and it's amazing it was co-ed, but it was, mm-hmm. but the female students would um, be sent to cover, you know, soft stories while the men got to cover murders and political mayhem. Right. Um, and so, so Laura in the book kind of chafes against that. And I have to say, Columbia University back then in 1913 was 15% women. Today, it's 75% women. So things have certainly changed. But that's pretty cool that it was even 15% in 1913. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, for a university. I mean, that's pretty. I was shocked that she got into this program, that they were letting women in because of the date. I, I yes, was kind of surprised. Exactly. Absolutely. I was surprised as well, which is why I thought, oh, okay, I have to. This will be fun. We have to include this. 
So if you're just joining us, we're talking with best-selling um, novelist, our author, Fiona Davis. Her latest book is The Lions of Fifth a- Avenue. You might have read The Address, The Chelsea Girls, The Dollhouse. And and like you said, this is fun, but I'm sure we, we're going to put this together, that you find a big, beautiful building in New York City and then create a story about the address, if you will. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I like to do. And so I find these buildings that all of us want to get inside right. or, or, you know, get to, to explore like the Dakota or Grand yeah. Central Terminal or the Barbizon Hotel for Women. And then I do a lot of research and then use the real facts of the history as kind of a framework that I can drape my fictional characters and plot around. I, this book is just so beautifully written, and I actually listened to it and read it. Mm-hmm. So, How'd you like oh, that? I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, my, that's my thing. Um, I loved How about it. Who read it to you? Did the, you like it? She was wonderful. Yes, you're, yes. You're, you're, the, the narrators of all the books are amazing. They're she was terrific. great, because some of them I can't stand, and I do this all the time, so I do both, because you can read so much faster than you can listen. Um, but yeah. it's nice to have the options to have both. Yeah. But one of the things you talked about was this heter- heterodoxy club um, that Laura yeah. went to in 1913 that was for women to share ideas and express things outside of just being a homemaker. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yes. And I found that by looking about the history of Greenwich Village and learned about the heterodoxy club which was founded in 1912 by a woman named Marie Jenny Howe, who was a feminist organizer. And it was, it was a place where women met every other Saturday to really debate the issues of the day and, and to, to talk about things like the right to vote, birth control, women's rights, even free love, which to me feels more kind of 1960s. Right. Um, but they, you know, they were talking about, is it okay for a woman to keep her maiden name when she gets married? Mm-hmm. You know, these these things that it was called the new woman um, was the description of women at the time who were trying to see what else was out there. And heterodoxy is the opposite of orthodox. So it means um, people who deviate from society's norms. Mm-hmm. And that's what it. I thought, oh, that would be fun to put that in the book. It, yeah. And even, you know, so good. even like. And you make it seem so seamless. So sometimes I think when people go, oh, historical fiction, I'm not going to like that. Right. But it's I think you have an amazing ability to take these kernels and then you have such a great imagination because I even enjoyed the part of even though I was kind of aghast, but I could see how it's happening, you know, because we see what's happening. We're in a pandemic right now. But the fact that, you know, these women doctors and nurses that would go into where poor people lived in in an immigrant population and there was no birth control. So women are just having baby after baby after baby about, you know, swaddling and taking care of them and because they didn't know. Right. Right. You know, Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I mean, I don't. I did not. I was not aware of that. That was a natural to, thing. That that didn't happen. I it, it never occurred to me that people back in a time when you didn't have birth control, you had so many children that it would be expected that you would have children that would die, and you would kind of almost treat them like cats and dogs. You had so many. It was very. That blew my mind. Yeah, and, and there was just no education as to how to take care of a, a child. So, you know, people would give their, their babies beer because that, that they didn't know that that wasn't a good idea. And 
So, yeah, so that character is based on a woman named S. Josephine Baker, who really revolutionized um, maternal and, and baby care in New York City early in the 1900s. This, I mean, these are, just these so are people good. we should know. And I, know I guess it. that's why I think you were such Storytelling a... Storytelling is amazing. Yeah, it was so, so good, Fiona. So thank you so much. You know, for me, it's all about having a plot that you just can't stop turning the pages oh, yeah. and an element of mystery that drives the story forward. And I love plot twists. And, and so, you know, the last thing I want to do is preach about what it was like back yeah. in the day. It's easy to just let the reader come to their own conclusions and just write about people doing really interesting things. Yeah. I always so end good. up Googling after I read one mm-hmm. of your books because <laughs> I want to know more or I kind of have an idea that this is about somebody. I mean, have all of your books, because I'm thinking, you know, people love the address. I mean, the masterpiece, Chelsea Girls. Do all your books get optioned and then we just, who the heck knows if they'll ever be made? <laughs> Well, we're waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, historical fiction is more expensive to produce yeah. than, say, thriller. So um, it, I think it's a bit of a longer road, but fingers crossed. I think that would be great. Yeah. Well, all right, so we have to ask you, okay. Fiona. If we're with Fiona Davis. The book is The Lions of Fifth Avenue. Um, what's the last great book that you've read? Oh, I have such a good recommendation for you. Um, it's The Exiles by Christina Baker Klein. It is a wonderful historical fiction book about Australia in the 1800s from the point of view of three very different women and is just an incredible story. She takes such risks and the writing is just beautiful. I highly recommend it. Oh, love that. All right. Is that a new book? Like, did you read that, you know, like you got an advanced copy so we could get on that right now? Yes, yep. It just came out a few weeks ago and it okay. hit the New York Times list. I so actually have it's, I've it's, seen this book out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh fun. Well, well <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, we just love it. Oh. The Lions of Fifth Avenue and uh what you know, we always keep our eyes out for your next book. So uh, we'll talk to you again. We know that. Well, thank you so much. And thanks so much for, for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. It it means so much and, and thank you for your enthusiasm. Yes. Oh yeah, You're so we welcome. just but, it's my the talk show hostess who knows the most is about talk shows. Now I had a dream about a fellow talk show host. Very vivid. I seldom Stop. remember my dreams. Ryan Seacrest and I got Stop. into the baffled cotton weave robe business. And our big thing was that we were doing really, you know how you go to a spa and oh, yeah. it's the baffled cotton. Yes. It's, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Is that how you call that material? I I, is it called baffled cotton weave? I, I don't know, Lori. But I, I think know, it is. It's, it's got the little yes. squares of holes. Yes. So they're always usually white at spas. But right. Ryan and I, I don't know if we met because it popped up in my memory that, you know, this past weekend is usually when we go to the radio festival I that know, Ryan and, hosts. I know. So in maybe he was on my Vegas. mind. And anyway, but Ryan and I... We met backstage for some reason, and Ryan and I got into a whole thing about why are these robes always white? Why aren't they in coral and hydrangea pink and robin's egg blue? And we we were like, let's start a baffled cotton robe business. Okay, can I tell so you? I wake up dreaming that. Well, can I tell you why I'm that's brief. weird, Lori? Because in the Star Tribune today, there's an article about the twins' robes. I'm wondering if you saw that headline. No. 
Because there's a whole article about these robes that the twins wear. No. Okay, because no. that, that... I don't ever read the sports pages. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I saw that today, and I'm like, this yeah. is so weird that you're talking no, about no. robes. No, it had to be the Vegas, the Music Connection, talk show host. I do, you know, Ryan and Kelly and Ryan are on the rotation, Julia. They... I, Lori, I think that the new lineup's going to stress you out. I think it's too many. It's really a lot. I mean, Lori, I, that's it's really too many shows for you to watch Keith, in a day. Keith Urban was on with Seth Meyers. Right? And then watch What Happens Live. Then I watched Dancing with the Stars. Then when I watch Love Island, Julia, Love Island, Your show. I'm like, where is this? They brought in two hot new guys. One Why? of them just completely disappeared. He got fired. Oh. He got fired? He got fired because he has a gay porn past. I guess he lied on his application. And an application? It's related to an application? It is. Well, you know, when you sign up to be on these shows, remember when we had You're our little tryout? Yeah. According to Entertainment Tonight, Noah Purvis, who was 24, we only met him like last week. He was just pulled off because fans said he looks very much like this gay porn performer named Ethan. Stop. Who um, has unprotected sex, is this guy's claim to fame in these movies. Okay. Okay. That's terrible. He was one of three new... He joined Benny and Bennett, and all of a sudden he was gone, and they didn't even address it. They just they edited it Did you right like out. him? I we only he was only on one night. Okay, he was only on one night. I thought he looked like a player because he's twenty four. I yeah. mean, why wouldn't you be a player when you're twenty four? Yeah, he didn't uh, appropriately dot the tittles. No, that's yes, thank right. You. Thank you. So then, mm-hmm. when they saw the proof, boom, they got him out of there. Well, good for them. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's, way to react quickly. Yeah, way to react quickly, and then Dancing with the Stars. Uh, you know, I got distracted because last night it came across that Teddy Mellencamp was indeed yeah, fired from the Real Housewives. But you know what? If she'd been half as exciting, uh, even in the second season, as she was in announcing that she was leaving, she might have actually. Yeah. But I guess they were giving her a lifeline this third yep. season. Yep. But she did confirm she was fired. So Good no one her. ever confirms Good that. Good for her. That's something. Yeah, she she did say that. So like I said, you know, I mean, if you do wonder why Lisa Rinna is a potster, because mm-hmm. honey, she likes that money. Lori, you're right. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the reasons, you know, you stay on some of these shows. But anyway, they were so bored with her. So she just said, I don't want to bore you, but I figured I'd tell you what's happening. <laughs> oh, good for her. And then she said, uh, no, I'm not going to do this. Oh, we both came to the decision. And I mean, she said, no. I said, I was sad. You know, I, I it's read, like a breakup. I read the tribute from they, Kyle Richards. Well, Kyle is worried because uh, there's talking about her going. Well, Vicki Gumbelson has started this whole thing that Bravo's trying to get rid of uh, the OGs. OGs. Mm-hmm. When Bethany didn't come back. and then, Which we heard on the reunion. It was just the week before the filming started for this past that's season. That's right. So Andy didn't sound too happy about that. No, no, he mm-hmm. didn't. So mm-hmm. Does Vicki still have an orange? Or no, she's, she's been she demoted. Gone. She's yeah, gone. Nene Leak's gone. Um, you know. Nene said it was 100% her decision. It was time to move on. That just happened. Yeah, I don't know that <sighs> they're probably not wanting to pay as much as they were paying some of the OGs. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. Uh-huh. You see it everywhere. I don't know that people are paying that kind of money anymore. 
might not be. So many, know? so many damn choices. Well, so anyway, she confirmed she's gone, and I'm glad. There's a rumor now that Kyle, but I don't know. All right, let me just go back to something yes, else. Sarah. So Sharon Stone, yes, Lost the woman Stone. you love more than anything, who you're so thrilled whenever she gets an acting job. We will know about it. We, we will. You'll tell us. But I one stand thing, with her. One thing you miss because right now she's in the third episode of Ratchet. Yes, so, apparently, and and I read a review of it. I watched Ratchet, and I have no idea what I watched or what it's about or what it has to do with one flew over the cuckoo's death. That's the review. It's it's something I really I can't wait. It promised me I will watch. But you wait to talk about it till you see me. Yeah, I will. Okay. Okay, promise me because mm-hmm. I wanna hear your reaction. Cause she'll not you if you don't like it, I know you'll just skip to the third one just to see where Sharon Stone is so you can watch it. Because she works with a monkey. And she plays all I know is in the trailer I saw, she wants a guy killed. So she can give the dead guy's head to her son who's in an asylum already. You know, <laughs> she's chewing up the scenery, just agreeing to be How in. can that not be a great part? <laughs> I mean, my goodness. <laughs> and you're delivering are... those lines looking like a movie star, you know? It sounds fine. like my job. All right, so All right. here, so this is something that happened last night. We know Kim Cattrall doesn't want anything, anything, anything oh, to do with Sex in the City 3. Did you read her LA Times At- review? Or her interview? Sharon Stone's? Oh, no, I'm thinking Kim Cattrall. No, this I'm is, getting a mix up. Okay, this yeah. is from Vanity Fair. Okay. But what happened last night, it happened on Watch What Happens Live again, because Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City is also in Ratchet. Right. And so Cynthia Nixon was asked, you know, we know that Kim Cattrall has no intention of coming back. She's made that abundantly clear. There is... Uh, um, a script for Sex and the City 3 available. Right. Um, what do you think about Sharon Stone? Playing, playing uh-huh. Samantha? She said, OMG, I would love it. I didn't hear about that. Sharon Stone even said, I didn't hear about that people thought I would be good at this, but I would love to have the opportunity to work with Cynthia. It would be an honor. Yeah, no, this would be great. This is, and, and you know, Kim Cattrall, I read her re- her interview in the LA Times she doesn't care at, at all. all. She would have no hard feelings. She told the SJP that, and she basically told the LA Times when they asked her about it. She said, I have other stories to tell. You can just Google all of that. I love that. Yeah. Everything's on Google, so I encourage you to Google it. Yeah. We, about anything. I've about said. anything. I mean, that is, she's like, doesn't care about any of the stuff that she basically. Let us know that she she's didn't done. really care for right. SJP and that she was the mean girl. Yeah, on and the, she's done. Yeah. But so there is an opportunity. There's an open door. And Sharon, Sharon Stone, Stone would be fantastic. She said it would be, of course, totally amazing. Kim was incredibly great. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. 
Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.